Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So understand what God was trying to say. It's a big deal. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. See, if we look at marriage as a contract instead of a covenant, you know what I'm looking for? I'm always looking simply for loopholes. I'm going to get out of this thing. I'm not interested in it. It's not what I thought it was. I'm out. That's not at all what a covenant is. If we look at marriage as a contract instead of a covenant, we're going to demand our way instead of accept my responsibilities. How good is your word, really? Have you ever broken a promise? Have you ever agreed to something you knew at the outset you had no intention of honoring? Unfortunately, we've all done these to one degree or another, even though we don't like to think of it this way. Divorce qualifies as a breaking of a promise, not only to the other spouse, but to God. As the creator of marriage, he got to define the parameters and terms. Pastor Mark will be teaching us about the gravity of the marriage covenant. He will also remind us of God's forgiveness and restoration when we mess up. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 19 with his continuing study called Because God Says So, I Will Do Marriage, Family, and Dating God's Way. By the way, if you're getting married and there's two believers getting married and you want a prenuptial agreement, you're wrong. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that wife or that husband may steal all my money. My side of the family's got money. No, you sign a prenuptial. What are you saying? I can't wait because I know there's going to be a divorce. That is the wrong way to start marriage. That is never the way God designed marriage. So you understand how that works. It's very simple. Now, a covenant is all or nothing. A covenant is initiated by a vow to God and a vow to your spouse. Let me just show you how marriage works. When I, I don't do it too much anymore, but when I I married hundreds of people, when they're standing before me, I don't make them one. Here's the husband and wife. I don't make them one. God makes them one. All I do is perform, and they're making a vow to each other, and they're making a vow to God in front of people. So that's what marriage is. It's a covenant, making a vow between God, a promise, and to each other. Let me explain this, because many of you don't know this. The word covenant means to cut, to bleed. In the Old Testament, it was very common. We see it with Abraham and Noah and others. An animal would be cut. It would bleed. And they would walk between them and agree that I'm making a covenant. God would make the covenant with Adam, he does in marriage, with Noah, Abraham, so forth, as he walked through and made these covenants. Covenant simply means the intermingling of blood. 
intermingling between two people. So whatever the arrangement was, it was ratified by blood. Now that's strange to us because we don't do that together uh, with animals or whatever. But it was part of the deal with God in the Old Testament. Now, what does that mean for us? God designed a woman so that when, as a virgin, she consummates her marriage with her husband, there is shedding of blood. God designed a woman with a hymen so that when there's love between a husband and wife, there would be mingling of blood. And that was the blood covenant in marriage. Now today, because of all people that wish to have some do-overs, obviously doesn't happen much of the time. Somebody they don't even know, one night or all kinds of things like that. But this is the way it was done. So understand what God was trying to say. It's a big deal. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. See, if we look at marriage as a contract instead of a covenant, you know what I'm looking for? I'm always looking simply for loopholes. I'm going to get out of this thing. I'm not interested in it. It's not what I thought it was. I'm out. That's not at all what a covenant is. If we look at marriage as a contract instead of a covenant, we're going to demand our way instead of accept my responsibilities. God went on to say something that you've probably heard before. It's found in Malachi. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? He's talking to these people that are trying to always get a divorce, the Jewish people. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does God want from that marriage? Well, first of all, he wants godly children from your union. God put our children in our home so they would know God by watching parents, listening to parents, taking the role model, and then they would leave and make a choice to follow God. So guard your, say it with me this morning, your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth, stick with it, glue, super glue, permanent. Why? For I hate divorce, says the Lord. See, divorce destroys the whole concept of covenant and destroys God's design of marriage and oneness for a lifetime. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's pretty hard. It is hard, but it's true. Let me ask you to write this next word. Look at this. God hates divorce, but loves the people who have divorced. Does that make sense to you? See, in this room, we have lots of people who have been lots of times divorced. Some of you are thinking about one right now and haven't even been divorced. Some of you are living together, never been married. And God's speaking to you. God's truthful. It destroys marriage. You say, well, Pastor Mark, where do you find that in the Bible? That God hates divorce, but he loves divorced people. Remember the woman at the well? When Jesus met the woman at the well... He began talking to her. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five. You've been divorced five times and now you're living with someone. And Jesus said, I'm sorry, God hates divorce. See ya. Did he say that? No. He offered what? Grace? Did he give her a do-over? No, he gave her a start-over. Can I hear an amen? 
Anybody ever here need a start over? Like every day I need a start over. But let's not minimize divorce. I'm going to share something with you. Some of you know, many of you don't know. Both of our children, our son and daughter, married Christian spouses. Definitely Christian spouses. They did it the right way. We were excited. And over time, you know what happened? The spouse of our daughter, the spouse of our son, decided to walk away. Christians, not interested in marriage anymore. I'm not saying my daughter and my son were perfect. They're not because they come from me and my wife. (laughs) But if somebody decides to walk away for no biblical reason at all, what are you going to do? And so here's a mom and dad. Never in our wildest imaginations, because our kids were believers, they did it right. Did we ever think divorce would happen? But it did. To fight for your marriage, it takes two people. You got it? So we'll show you some things as we go through. Our whole family, all the history of our family, there was never any divorce for generations. Boom. It destroyed our hearts. I remember the phone call from my son, weeping. I remember going visiting our daughter in Denver after it had happened. And she was in an apartment alone. And while I walked out of that apartment, I lost it. I didn't show her. I just weeped because she was so lonely. Many of you here have been through that. But see, people today just think, well, divorce is a divorce. No, it's terrible. It's hurtful. But God gives new starts. Both our children are married, lovely Christian spouses, and they're doing fine this morning. Thank you, Jesus. But, but, that means that divorce is not, of course, the unpardonable sin. But it does cause pain and suffering to both spouses and the children. See, that's one of Satan's goals. He knows how painful divorce is. The world doesn't know that. And I don't have time to go through it. But if I take two pieces of paper, I used to do this, but it's hurtful, but I want you to see it. And I glue them together to covenant with super glue. And then I try to separate it as a divorce does. Is it a clean break? No. There's ripping and tearing. Now, let me add one more thing. The children inside that package. What happens when we try to separate Weekend here, next weekend there. Don't want them this weekend. You know what I'm talking about. We've been through it. So when Satan says, it's no problem. You got to be happy. Get rid of that. Move on. That's a lie from Satan. Because it tears us all up. It was never God's design. That's why he said, make it permanent. No matter what. Now, this was not a unique problem today in our world. Back in Jesus' time, turn with me to Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Not hard to find. (laughs) It's the next book. Now, if you go to the next book, Matthew 19, you see this. Let me give you a little background. The rabbis were trying to trap Jesus because the same question came up that you and I have today. How can I get a divorce and it's fine with God? That's what the rabbis were asking. And there were really two schools of thought, two rabbinical schools of thought. Here's what the first rabbi in his group thought. 
They thought this, you can get divorced for any and every reason at all. And we see it in some of the Jewish writings. If the spouse burnt a meal, they could get a divorce. Now, if you're a newlywed, you're divorced before you get started. (laughs) Some of you never learned to boil water. Here it comes. And the other group was this. You can get a divorce for immorality. The word we use today is pornea. Pornography includes all of the things, all kinds of sexual, of course, adultery, all those kind of things. How is Jesus going to respond? Isn't that interesting? The world wants to know how to get a divorce so I can be okay with God. But you're going to see Jesus says, I'm not really interested in that question. Here's the question you should be asking. How can I save my marriage and go on with it as a covenant? Do you get it? If you're looking for a loophole, you came to the wrong place today. If you're looking for healthy grass, you came to the right place today. Now watch what Jesus says. Here it is. Verse 6. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, he says, I'm not giving you a reason. Let man not separate. Verse seven, why then they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Notice Moses command, wrong word. Moses never commanded. Look at verse eight. And Jesus replied, Moses permitted. It was not God's choice. He permitted you to divorce your wives because your, say it with me, your hearts were what? Hard, hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. Satan is out to destroy our marriages and the home through division, divorce, disobedience, and unforgiveness. And it always starts with a hard heart. Remember, the heart is not our physical heart. We'll see that in Valentine's Day hearts everywhere. That's not the heart God's talking about. Let me read to you from Proverbs. Guard your heart. Above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In our marriages, the issue is the heart. Our heart is the control center where all the decisions of life are made. Now, when you see this, God designed us so that our hearts would be soft, teachable, trainable, and responsive to him. But watch what happens Because of Satan and his lies. Romans 1. But God shows us his anger from heaven. Against all sinful and wicked people. Who suppress what? The truth. Now watch this. By their wickedness. Here is such a huge principle. They know the truth about God. Because he has made it obvious to them. So what is Paul talking about in that verse? He's saying this. Man knows inherently the right thing to do from God because God's given man a conscience. But they suppress the truth because they don't want to do it God's way. That whole chapter is about homosexuality, lesbianism, 
all kind of bestiality, all kinds of stuff in Romans 1. Man just went off and did their own thing, which was unnatural for man. The word unnatural is all through. It's not natural. It's not natural. It's not natural. It's not the way God designed. We're not talking against the people. We love those people just the same as we love divorced people. Any of us, we're sinners saved by grace. Can I hear an amen? But it's unnatural. It's not simply unnatural. And God says, the reason they did that, because they suppressed the truth. I don't want to hear the truth. I'm doing it my way. And now I want you to write this. This is huge because the reason divorce was permitted, not commanded, was hard hearts. A hard heart is resistant to biblical truth and wise advice. What is every pastor that teaches the word of God trying to do? I'm trying to teach you this morning because my responsibility is to teach the truth to you and then live it. That's why I open my heart today to things that I'm not really comfortable doing that, talking about our kids. But you need to see I'm just the same as you. So I'm trying to do what it says there, biblical truth, and give you wisdom. As we go through that, it's all about our hearts. Will it receive it? Will I absolutely suppress it? So what we're talking about is hard heart only today. It's about everything in our life. We're talking about marriage, dating, and the family. So what can make my heart soft and teachable? Here it is. Write it down. A lifestyle of obedience produces a soft heart. See, if I listen to the word of God, God is always speaking to us through the word of God. God is speaking to you through me. I'm not God through the word of God. Now your choice is, will you hear what I'm saying this morning in regard to family and other times at the end, I'll talk about in regard to your salvation. You can say, God, I'm not interested in getting saved and I'm not going to turn my life over to you. That's, that's your choice. But watch what the scripture says. Will I hear and obey or will I choose to ignore the truth and just live my life independent from God? Listen from Hebrews. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. As Israel did, the nation of Israel, when they rebelled. See, God is always speaking to us through his word. And that issue again is, as I'm speaking to you this morning, I can't change your heart. But I can give you biblical truth that never changes. And I can give you wisdom from my life and all the counseling I've done for 40 years with people. I can give you that wisdom. Now, I'm not wise in a lot of things, but marriage is one that God's helped me because marriage, the family, is the foundation of our world. That it's dissolving in front of our eyes. And that's Satan's goal because people refuse to believe the word of God. Next, write this down. So first of all, obedience, soft heart. Second, a lifestyle of forgiveness produces a soft heart. We will end with a roof of forgiveness and grace. You see, forgiveness is huge. Ephesians 4, 26, 27. In your anger, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, why would they put that in the Bible? Why shouldn't I go to bed angry? Well, let me tell you how that works. Linda, I've never had this problem, but probably some of you have. You ever go to bed angry? 
Here's the bed. When you're angry, do you go toward your spouse? Hi, honey. No, when you're angry, you get away from your spouse as far as you can. Don't laugh at me. Now, I've never done this, but somebody told me they did. And what side of the bed are you on? If you take one more turn, you're on the floor. Now, where's your wife? She's in shouting distance on the other side. And you're so pleased with yourself because you're angry. And you lay there. And the next thing you feel is a leg coming over to touch you. Get, get away from me. Now, again, we've never done that, but somebody wrote me they did it. Yeah. I thought of this this morning. If you, no, I mean, this whole thing. If, not in bed after. If you're dating and you're getting ready to get married, buy a twin bed. Because you can't move away in this beautiful. See what happens the longer we're married, the bigger the bed. Queen, king, extra king. And we pretty soon we're in the other room. Wisdom from your old pastor right here. Can I hear an amen? You say, Pastor Mark. <laughs> I told my wife, because between Saturday and Sunday, she irons my shirt. I said, I need you in the second service because the first service, my shirt's going to look like I slept in it. I did. I slept in it. Okay. Now, is God smart to tell us that? Yeah, because if you don't solve the problem with forgiveness, is the next day, is it easier or harder? Didn't take you long to say that, did you? The next day? The next day? Some of us have gone... Days and days and days with no talking. And guess who notices first? Our kids. We've been there. What's wrong, Daddy? How come you're not talking to Mom? Mom, what's wrong? That's the wisdom from God. Why? Because we refuse to forgive and come to a compromise. Now, when you think about that, I read this statement a long time ago. I'll say it to you very quickly. Going to bed angry is like wet cement because it hardens during the night. That's a hard heart. You see, I have to learn to live in forgiveness. It's difficult. It takes two people to make a marriage work, but I'm responsible for my heart. Number two, not only is there a commitment required as a wall to make this healthy house, Number two, it's communication. See, God made us in his image. And right from the beginning of time, God communicated to man and man communicated to each other and back to God. Well, today, Pastor Mark taught us from the Old Testament just how much God hates divorce and that it was never part of his original plan. We also were told what the real reason for divorces are and what the solution is. We very much need to learn to keep our hearts soft toward our spouse. That will make forgiving them when conflict inevitably happens much easier. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll have us wrapping up the second part of this teaching. Pastor Mark has been trying to help us understand God's view of marriage and divorce and to grasp how different his view is from that of the world around us. It's evident that their way has not worked like they hoped it would. It's time for us to cast that attitude aside and take on God's views. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.